podcast member is brought to you by Steamboat Style. This small business was created by the lovely Jake Duran. He started back in November of 2018 and he also runs another business called Soap Collective, which we will mention later this month. He wanted to set this business up to create more unisex, subtle, everyday Disney-style clothing because he didn't think there was enough on the market at the time when he started. So he's done it himself and look what he's done now. Steamboat Style sells a lot of different products from hats to sweatshirts, face masks, stickers and so much more. Our favourite product being his Disney Park-style boarding pass phone cases. Follow Jake's business over at steamboat.style, that's steamboat.style on Instagram, and use our code PODCAST10 to get 10% off at his business. That's PODCAST10 to get 10% off at Steamboat Style. Welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Disney Cast member, where I chat to Disney cast members from all walks of life and, of course, all walks of magic. For today's episode, I will be talking with Mr. Charlie Reynolds, who spread his magic on the CRP at the Rose and Crown in Epcot. Thanks for joining me, Charlie. No worries. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. This is like your third Bradley podcast appearance. So It is, yeah. I feel very comfortable. This, is, <laughs> this feels good. Good, I'm glad. Um, so we will jump straight in because we only have 20 minutes. So um, I want to get as much spoken about as possible. So obviously, for anyone that's listened to our previous podcast, they will know that we um, worked on the cultural representative program at Epcot in Disney World, Florida. Uh, at the same time, you started a few months before I did. Tell us what your inspiration was for um, start for applying for the CRP, Charlie. So for me, it's very different to a lot of um, other people's reasons. So it was actually a complete whim. <laughs> I never heard about the programme, never really knew much about it. I literally saw a Facebook ad on Facebook, obviously. <laughs> and um, I just applied for like a promotional, um, the job I was in, I, I didn't get it. So I saw the CRP and was like, oh, I'm just going to like apply for this, like see what happens didn't really know that much about it and then next thing you know it was like oh I'm moving to Florida <laughs> kind of thing Crazy. which I think is really yeah really random because I know so many people who applied like quite a few times before they got it and then I was kind of like applied on a complete whim and then got it first time round. so yeah. I felt very lucky and very privileged for that so yeah I, f- I feel like there were quite a lot of us um around the time that we went that were first time applies because I, w- I was a first time a player as well like I'd never applied oh, okay, before yeah. so um yeah I mean I, I mean it just shows you the power of social media how it's changed your life imagine imagine you never signed up for Facebook Charlie what would have happened I know, yeah, because like, I never even knew the whole like summer program like was even a thing that I could have done whilst I was at uni, and I even did this like quite a, few, a couple of years after I graduated. So I was like, oh wow, I'm so glad I found this like to do now. Yeah. And obviously, as like the process went on, I was like, obviously they include up on what I was actually applying for. <laughs> I yeah, was like, oh, exactly. this sounds really good fun. Like I really want this. Definitely. And did you apply for um, Food and Bev or did you, like, was that the position you wanted when you applied? Yeah, so I mainly went off, like, advice from other people who had applied. Like, you know, when you go into that interview to say what your preferences are. Yeah. Um, people were just like, oh, you know, like, this is what my preference is going to be. This is what I would sort of, like, recommend kind of thing. And most of my experience was in food and beverage anyway, like, when I used to do um, like part-time jobs at uni and like yeah um, before my job now so yeah I was like yeah this sounds good um 
And yeah. obviously, obviously you put, you bank so much on the program when you apply for it as well. You just, the amount of swipes I made on my emails when I was waiting for the Oh my God, offer definitely. To come through. Do you remember the moment that you got the offer for the job? Yeah, so I've actually got like two quite cool stories. So when I found out I got through to finals, I was in Disney World. I was actually in the queue for the Enchanted Enchanted Tales of Belle with my sister. Yeah, it was so funny because I couldn't didn't have my laptop or anything, so I couldn't book an appointment for the final interview. So I had to get someone that I knew from pre-screens to be like, "Can you like call Yummy Jobs and like tell them that I want to do this and like get them um, to put me onto a slot?" And then, in terms of finding out about it, I was actually in in the car with my parents and my sister, and I like got the email, and I was just like. Guys, I'm going. I'm moving to Florida. Oh. <laughs> like it's happening, and my 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 mum was a bit like, "Oh my god, like it's actually happening." I think they sort of thought like they knew. Obviously, it was so like popular, and it was like kind of a uh, you know a lot of people were applying. So there was that kind yeah. of like, "Is it going to happen? Is it not?" And then it was a bit real. I think to be like, Definitely. "Okay, yeah, like, I'm go- this is, we're going to have Christmas, and I'm going to go," kind of thing. So, so it's such a it's. It's such a weird thought to think how long ago it was since we got that notification now. Yeah, four um, years ago. Like, what the hell? That's mental. Year- oh my God, four years since we found yes. out. Mental, yeah, absolutely crazy. It is mad how, that's, that's thing, four years seems like quite a while ago, but then I can remember everything so well as well. Yeah, I mean, we still talk about it all the time. Like, I literally don't I know, yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, so, obviously, you were in food and beverage. Um, how mm-hmm. did you feel the process was working in a food and beverage role at Disney World. Did you, did you enjoy the role? Um, obviously <laughs> we'll keep it nice and PC, but, but did you like, what was your experience with the role as a server at Disney World? No. Yeah. Like really good. Like I feel like podium was very familiar. Like I've done jobs like that in the past. So that was kind of just like super easy and quick to pick up. Um, but I'd never actually waited tables. So when I was sort of went into service, I was like, Oh my God, am I going to be good at this? But as soon as I sort of like found my feet, I was like, oh yeah, like this is really, really good fun. Like it was kind of not easy. That's kind of sounds quite arrogant, but like, I feel like I did pick it up quite well and it was just like, came like really natural to me. So I was like, definitely enjoyed it. Like enjoyed serving, like being with guests. It was really good fun. And you were my trainer on my first day, right? I was, yeah. That was, I re- God, that is a flashback. Yeah, so it's so weird thinking back. Like, when would that have been? That would have been, yeah, like three years, nearly three years ago since <gasps> I started service oh my training. God. Yeah, that's insane. And I don't know if you remember, but I was doing really well for the morning. And then all of a sudden, like, Greta, had, our proprietor, had come out and she was like, semi-observing and I like just completely messed up the second sheet I like made up all of the ingredients that was in like the cottage pie or something and and she then I remember she got to you and she was like he's doing okay but he got the ingredients wrong and I was like you were like no it was fun it is stress like those first few days I think as well like when you know someone's watching you as well you're like oh my god someone is literally listening to every word that I'm saying literally and it's kind of like you're trying to find your own flow like I've never done a spill before or had to say stuff like welcome to the resin round. yeah I know like every ingredient in the pack but like with a story infused in it I'm like what I remember once when I was doing my training, I made up this like lavish story about like the Scotch egg and then said how like my grandma used to make them and bring them to like 
picnics on the beach and then my trainer was like oh my god nice touch and I was like yeah completely not true <laughs> like, <laughs> that's never happened it's the storytelling isn't it yeah it just it just sort of like stressed and I was like I need a story and then just like made it up <laughs> and then I was like okay I'm not gonna do that again I'll make sure they're all like accurate going forward yeah I wish I could say all of mine were accurate going forward yeah I did I, yeah some of mine were like it's when guests would be like, oh, I've been to Cambridge, have you? And I'd be like, yeah, I go all the time. Yeah, you, have, you could have <laughs> crushed their dream. But like, what's, yeah. what's the point in crushing their dreams, right? Um, it ruins the story, like ruins the kind of combo. It just puts a blocker in it, doesn't it? Exactly. Uh, obviously, RIP Disney housing. Um, but I know, so sad. You were in Vista Way? Yeah, I was in Vista Way, yeah. So when I sort of... Um, before I sort of um, went out and did all the whole like housing preferences, um, I always, I think I wanted to be in Vista from the get-go. So I was really happy that I got that housing. How did you find, obviously for anyone listening to this that's going to apply in the future, the actual complexes themselves are a bit pointless to talk about because everything's going to hopefully be a yeah. crossing now. But um, what is... What what was your experience like living in America? Did you enjoy the actual the actual living experience? Because for me, when I found out I was going to work for Disney, one of the, I think I was equally excited about living in the states. That was something I was just super excited about. I think there was that kind of element at the start where you're like walking to places like Walgreens to get your shopping. I think over time, like it just um, just felt super super normal, and then it became like really just like this is just my life now. And I think as well like one thing I would say to anyone who's applying like with housing like you're never there like it literally is just a bed and like a kitchen and a lounge like I felt like I was never in my apartment or anything like that because I was constantly out doing stuff so I agree with that because obviously Vista was the cheapest and Cameron and I had um buddied up so we had put I'm pretty sure we put Commons as our top and then Vista Chatham and then Patterson um and in in high, like I was quite disappointed when we got Vista. I won't lie at first because I knew it was the oldest one. Like it wasn't, it didn't look as lavish in the pictures. Yeah, it didn't look as nice. But in actual fact, like firstly, Vista was a great shout because it was the closest to work. Um, you've got a Walgreens, a Chick Fil A, even though yeah, that Walgreens was like Chick Fil A because because reasons. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I I completely agree with you. At the end of the day, it is just a bed. I think the person you live with and the people you live with is far more important than the actual location you're living yeah. in. So make that a priority. Um, if that's something, if you are worried about the accommodation side of things, but I loved living at Vista. I thought it was great. Fun. Yeah. I think it gets a really bad rep, like um, all those blogs and stuff that you read, like ranking them and like, which one's the best one. I think like, obviously where they're writing a blog or like doing a YouTube video, they're sort of forced to sort of like give their opinions on each complex, but like, they're all pretty much the same. And like, I remember once I went to Starlet's Flash and I won't name names, but I told <laughs> someone that was living in Vista and they were like, oh, I feel really sorry for you. And I was like, sis, it's a freaking complex. Like, yeah. what is this? Like, what is this weird rep that this has? I don't get it. Like, yeah, you're paying like thing. an extra, you're paying an extra like $20 a week to live in like, or $30 a week, wherever it was to live in somewhere that is literally the same, just further away from work. I'm like, yeah, back off. <laughs> no, I never got that sort of attitude, but yeah, no. I really liked where I lived. So. I'm sure you have a memorable guest experience you could talk about. There's got to be, I feel Ooh. like you're a very magical cast member. So I'm sure there's got to be something that sticks out. There's always one that comes to mind. So it was this couple 
in um they were coming to visit their son and they'd had some really bad like flight issues I think they had like quite a few delays and they'd just checked into their hotel and come to the the rose for like a quick meal and they were just so disheveled they were just like oh this has been such an ordeal we've like lost time with our son like we're only going to get to see him for like a few days so I was like oh well at least you're here now like let's try and make this as like as magical as possible and you know how like other guests would have dining plans and then they would sort of have leftover credits I don't know if it's ever happened to you but I had two guests on the podium that were like we've got two table service credits left we're going home tomorrow we don't need them like we'd like to gift them to someone else and I was like oh my god yes my table like they could do with this so I came over and told them and oh my god they were like so happy like they cried and everything and like it was so funny because and the mum was like oh like my son reminds me of you he does choir (laughs) choir. choir. and I was like I think she's basically saying like he's gay (laughs) because I was just like oh yeah I did choir in school like I love musical theatre and stuff and I was just like it was just such a cute way for her to be like yeah like he's like you I get you <laughs> yeah but like she was she gave me a hug and I started to get emotional because like you know like a mum vibe hug it's not really yeah. mumsy and I was like oh my god I miss my mum and then the dad was so nice and we just chatted so much about like what they had planned and like they'd been to the UK before and it was just a great time like it was yeah they were so sweet so that's amazing um so yeah I have that another one that's like a negative experience not a negative one I don't know if we have time to tell you but I always yeah, tell the story it. but I had this um, family from Manchester on my table and they were like a six top and the mum asked for like a cup of tea and she asked like what brand of tea um we had and I was like, oh we have Twinings and she was like in her very like strong man like Mancunian accent was like oh have you not got Yorkshire tea and I went no <laughs> like that <laughs> because I was just like <laughs> Because I was just so used to sort of like, you know how I was obviously very close with Abby, so I'd kind of just yeah. like copy her accent all the time. And then I sort of like, <laughs> like, oh no, sorry, like I don't, I'm not making fun of you, I always do this accent. And she was just like, but you not got the tea then? And I was like, no, sorry. And I was just like, it was just so awkward. Like it was very, very, like the evils I got from this family was just like, eep, I'm really sorry. Oh, my my mum's a sucker yeah. for accidentally copying accents. She does it all the time. I always do it. Yeah, it's so bad. So funny. Though. And I bloody love Yorkshire tea, so I get her pain, but she didn't have her Yorkshire tea, but... I'm more of a Wittard kind of guy, you know. Oh, yeah. True, true. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'm going to take those compliments. <laughs> um, well, I think I think an even harder question than finding a memorable guest experience is uh, whether or not you have a highlight of your programme. Um, I keep asking this question. I have no idea what mine is because there's too many. But do you have a highlight of your programme you could talk about? For sure, I definitely have one. Um, so I remember going to the um, like Halloween party in Magic Kingdom for like the first time, and it was at this like at that like, kind of like three month mark where you're all a bit like, oh, like I've been here a few months now. Like you know, who are my friends? Like what is this program going to be like? And yeah. I remember being with like a group of people. I was with like Katie, uh, like Mark, Ollie, my friend Kay and I just remember like being there just being like oh my god like this isn't just like a bunch of random people like on at a party like we're a group of friends like yeah. and it sounds very cringy but I was just like oh my god no these people feel like my friends for like life now and like definitely for the whole program and I was just like oh this is such like a 
like highlight for me because it was like this just feels really nice and I feel like it's gonna be all right basically it was my kind of like it's gonna be all right so yeah well, there's, there's a point where you do realize that this is home this isn't just a holiday yeah like, this is this is my life for a year um and I think the more that obviously with the arrival groups the arrival groups come in fragmentedly throughout the year um so I think you end up finding your people as well the people in your arrival group I mean I was very lucky personally I had a great arrival group and we were all really close yeah but, um just because you you go out at the same time as someone doesn't mean anything like you could no for sure yeah you can you could end up being like best they could end up being your best friend or your worst enemy at the end of the day so um I do think as time goes on you do start to form your close group of friends and you have your extended group of friends and the people you work with and um it's a it's like any community it's it's real life at Disney World basically I think that's the thing like the peak highlight and it sounds so cliche but it was all the people I met and I liked how like as time went on, you just kept meeting new people who became like your friends. Like I remember just like meeting people like Abby so soon and just being like, oh my God, right, you're my best friend now. And then it's like carried on through and it, it kept happening. You kept meeting new people and being like, oh my God, another person that I really click with and now they're my friend still. Like it just kind of, and then as time goes on, you just like find your people and yeah. it's just like, oh yeah, like I'm finding people that I click with who want to do the same stuff as I do. And like, yeah, so I think there was just always those little highlights of like, oh yeah we're really good friends like this is great kind of yeah thing. and the weird thing is like for you and me for example we didn't spend much time together on the program at all and then since we've come home like I see you as I see you like uh, as much yeah, as I see you friend, I did, yeah. yeah exactly so yeah. it's so it the the legacy continues basically the Disney legacy no, always for continues. Sure. yeah I think it's something that you end up sharing. You share that experience for life, whether you spend lots of time together on the program or not. You, for sure. You'll be able to share this experience with, with the, the people that have also done the program forever. So, Like if I met someone like who did the program, but I never really spoke to that much, we probably still could have a good like two hour conversation because there is just that kind of like, oh, you did the program and so did I. So then we can, there's that kind of relatability factor there exactly. already. Exactly. Oh, take me back. Take me I back. Know, same. <laughs> um, same I know, same. I've got one final question for you, Charlie. Uh, you're going to hate me for this. Everyone's going to hate me for asking this question. <laughs> but if you could go to Disney right now, what would be your number one thing to do? Oh, that's a good question. I definitely think it would be to like go for breakfast somewhere really cute. Probably like go to the Grand Floridian or something for breakfast and yeah. then just go into Magic Kingdom get coffee, watch the trolley show, do some rides and then watch Farf and then go home. <laughs> and then so go out for dinner somewhere. Yeah. So a full on Magic Kingdom day with like a big dinner at the end. Yeah, like I love a good like Magic Kingdom morning, like when you're going like not too early, but like it's before lunchtime. And yeah. I don't know, it's just nice to sort of like mill around and do a few things. And then, yeah, like, leaving after the parade, you're just like, okay, cool. Like I've done what I wanted to do now. I used to do that all the time to just go in and watch fast and then leave. <laughs> and this is why I'm like, what do I do with my days now? I mean, regardless of 2020, but I'm like, what do I do? Like, I can't do anything. There's no I way. I know, yeah. <laughs> but yes. Anyway, thank you so much for joining me, Charlie. No worries. That was so much fun. That was so cute. Yeah, lovely to have a little reminisce, you know. And I know, yeah. One big huge thank you to Charlie Reynolds, everyone. Yay!
<laughs> thank you so much for listening to another episode of confessions of a disney cast member don't forget to click that subscribe button keep listening and thank you so much bye for now bye